Welcome to the H&H Hour. I am your host, Heidi Bolt, alongside my co-host, Heather Taves. Heather is also my sister mm-hmm. and my very best girlfriend. Mm-hmm. That's so nice of you this to is, say that. This is so fun to do this together, Heather. Um, so I want us to jump right in because okay. I'm excited about this conversation. Okay. We are going to talk about marriage. Oh, and yes. Specifically, we're going to talk... One of my favorite topics. Yeah, right? Mm-hmm. So we're also going to talk about date nights mm-hmm. and kind of what that looks like because I think that people need some just practical ideas mm-hmm. on how to be creative with their date nights. Mm-hmm. Are date nights really even that important once you're married? Mm-hmm. You know, you found your spouse. What does that look like? Right. So, Romance. yeah, mm-hmm. all of that. You know, we get a lot of questions. Uh, I would say specifically from women. You know, yep. may- maybe men talk to our guys. I don't know. <laughs> yeah. Men don't don't really divulge right. as much information, but um, we get a lot of conversations from women about mm-hmm. marriage and what does that look like and how how do you pull off being a godly wife and all of those questions that right. can get deep really fast. Right. And how do you be a confident, strong woman, yeah. but still be under the authority of your husband? Yes. Um, and all of that fun, yeah. deep topics that, yeah. you know, that are hard sometimes. Those questions aren't always black and white right. um, when it comes to actually living it out sure. and, and our attitudes and our emotions and yeah. everything yeah. that's involved with that. So today's conversation is not just for chicks. Um, no. As we talk about marriage. Marriage um, is between a man and a woman. Yeah. So. Yeah. And guys, you know, you may pick up some tips that you are able to help encourage your wife mm-hmm. in your own marriage. And so, Heather, and the you know, first don't, thing. Don't you okay. think, I have to say this really quick. Don't you think sometimes your wife or your husband, whichever way it goes, could be saying something to you and you're just not hearing it, you're not hearing it, you're not hearing it. And then someone else says it and all of a sudden you're like, oh, I hear it. Yes, you absolutely. Know, so for guys, maybe that maybe we'll be able to say something that your wife's been trying to say to you um, and that it'll just help. It'll just help plant it in your mind that this oh, this is a real thing that women feel or yeah. that they deal with. So good. Um, okay, so the first thing I want to talk about, Heather, I'm super passionate about like keeping your spouse important. Yes. Even after kids enter the scene or busy careers or whatever it is that has to take some attention as well. Right. How do you keep your spouse a priority? Mm-hmm. So um, will you tell us about what – okay, first of all, how long have you been married? We have been married – Almost 18 years. It'll be 18 years in a couple months. Okay. So 18 years in, and I would say that you guys are really good at still dating each other. Mm -hmm. Tell us about this weekend. Oh, yes. I'm so excited. Okay. So I turned 39 this week. Um, Holy smokes. I know. So (laughs) one one more year in my 30s, you know, the mirror is showing the wrinkles and all of that. But No. No. (laughs) It's okay. I am actually – I'm digging it. Yeah. I'm totally fine with it. It's really funny. I would way rather be 39 than 25. Yeah. Yeah, I that's would. That's good because that's the season God has you in. <laughs> I know. I mean, I just, I loved being 25 when I was 25, but yeah. I love being this age yeah. too. You're just owning season, your season. So. I am. I'm I'm going to own it all. Mm-hmm. So um, yeah, so I turned 39 and for my birthday a couple months ago, because he's not good at keeping secrets at all. Which Your is, hubby. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Which is fine. And mostly it's because I don't like surprises. I don't either. I actually hate them. <laughs> I may not go that drastic, but I'm not a fan. No, I don't like them at all. But I like to anticipate what's coming. Mm-hmm. Like, I like knowing what's going to happen. And and I'll fully admit that my hating surprises is probably because I don't have control. Really? Oh, yeah. So that's, you know, I'm learning. I've gotten better about it. But all of that to say that he told me a couple months ago that yeah. for my birthday, he's taking me to Chicago, okay. which we love, downtown yeah. Chicago. 
and we're going to see Hamilton. Oh, fun. So I'm super excited about that. Yeah. Um, you know, I've heard great things about it and excited to go see a Broadway show. But also, he has lined up. So we'll be there three days mm-hmm. with each other, just the two of us with no kids. Glory. <laughs> And he has lined up all of these reservations at these really cool eclectic restaurants. So fun. Things that we've never, places we've never gone before. and So like breaking out of the mold of the places you typically would hit yep, in Chicago. Because we do have our favorites. Yeah, and we, sure. And we love Chicago. Yeah. And we, we have our places that we go all the time. But he did research and figured out, uh, you know, that this place would be fun and this breakfast place would be fun. And so he's got, I think, three or four different reservations That's at these fun. really fun places. And he was showing me the other night. And so we're just going to go and have lots of uninterrupted time to talk and yeah. to um, spend time with each other and yeah. remember why we fell in love. Not that we've forgotten. Sure, yeah, But yeah. just reconnect. A refresh, you know? yeah. So very excited about that. And obviously that's a little extravagant. It's for a special occasion. Um, well, it's not a typical just weekly date night. No, yeah, no. Yeah. yeah. Well, that's awesome. Well done, Chris, on planning such an awesome birthday weekend. I know, right? Major brownie points. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. Very fun. Um, so I think one thing about that trip that cracks me up, uh, so one of the guys at church who I was know. on our teaching team, he <laughs> preached one day and he talked about this restaurant in Chicago called The Girl and the Goat. Yeah. Okay. And he was talking about how cool it was and how it was kind of difficult to get reservations. Mm-hmm. And like later that afternoon, Chris is like, oh, I wasn't going to tell you, but we yeah. have reservations there. Yeah. He and goes, so, I had them before he preached about yeah. that. So I just, he just, you know, wanted to make sure he got it was just, props for that. Oh it yeah. Was it was funny. just cute that he had thought yeah. about that too. But, yep. um, okay. So date night, Kim and I are in May, we'll be 14 years into marriage, Okay, which is kind of hard to believe yeah. because it's, it's gone very quickly. Yeah. Um, so what is your guys, what's just like a common date night look like for you guys on just a regular week? Yeah. Oh, they're so simple. Mm-hmm. Um, it, they've also changed throughout this, the seasons of our lives. We had lots of date nights in when mm-hmm. our babies were little, um, when our either we couldn't afford a babysitter mm-hmm. or grandma was busy, mm-hmm. you know? And so we would put the kids to bed and we'd sit on the couch and talk or watch a movie or we both like to write. So sometimes date night for us looks like getting our computers out. And I know that sounds kind of cheesy, but we'll both work on writing different things, different projects that we're working on. Um, But right now in this season, it's leaving our kids with someone and going and sitting in a restaurant and having a couple drinks together and Mm -hmm. talking. Yeah. And heartfelt talking, not just how's the weather, what, you know, but deep down dreams, what's in your gut, what's God speaking to you. Um, how is he shaping our family? Those mm-hmm. kinds of conversations. Yeah. What about you? Well, before we go on, um, we were on a family date night this past weekend and I looked up and I looked around and it was a small restaurant. So you could literally see every table and there was all but two tables. One of them was ours and one was this, this other older couple. Every single table was looking at their phone mm-hmm. instead of at each other. Yeah. And some of them were families with young kids. Some of them were married couples. Some of them were friends. Yeah. Like girlfriends that yeah. had chosen to meet up and they were on their phones. And I just said to Kip, like, I know that, but what an what an interesting reminder mm-hmm. to see it being lived out mm-hmm. where people have come together in a public setting to have face-to-face time. Right. And they're not having it. I know. And I, we are super guilty of that so many times too. Um. I've caught our, us doing that yeah. also. Yeah. We've 
become so much better at it mm-hmm. since being off social media for yeah. a month because there's not a lot to look at on your phone no if you're not on social media right. so it what I'm really excited about it for us is that you know a habit is something that forms after you've done it for 21 days yeah and now we've been off of social media for 21 days and we are planning on going back but we are we are changing the way that we use it mm-hmm. and I'm excited because I feel like that habit has already formed mm-hmm. the habit has formed to leave my phone in my purse mm-hmm. to not look at it five times during a dinner you know to look someone in the eye and have mm-hmm. a conversation so I'm, I'm really excited about that yeah okay so let's be intentional about that with our listeners like yeah. be intentional about your screen time if you're in front of someone be in front of them yeah um we're working with our kiddos to learn, you know, when someone speaks to you, look them in the face and respond and yep. show them value. So, but for us, for date night, um, we love date night. I think it's such a good refresh um, for me as a stay-at-home mom mm-hmm. who I'm with my kiddos 24-7 right. and homeschooling. So there's a lot of kid interaction, right. a lot of conversations that revolve around children. Yep. And so I find that I crave that adult conversation when date night does roll around. Yeah. So we try almost every single Friday night. Mm-hmm. Occasionally it ends up on a Thursday or Saturday, but yeah. almost every Friday night we try to have a date night. And sometimes it's a little more extravagant at a, at a high-end restaurant. Mm-hmm. Sometimes it's, you know, really simple, like grabbing a Starbucks. And this might sound weird, but we really enjoy like grabbing a Starbucks and driving around mm-hmm. and just seeing different scenery than what you see right. every day mm-hmm. just when you're in yep. the city driving. Yeah. Um, so, and that usually lends to good conversations and mm-hmm. good talks. Um, we also do date nights in mm-hmm. if we don't have a sitter for the week and, you know, do a fun dinner or do a movie or watch something on Netflix mm-hmm. or yep. just have peace and quiet in front yeah. of the fireplace. Right. You know, because yeah. sometimes date night is peace and quiet. Right. Um, and I would say that if you're having trouble, so maybe you are doing date nights. I've heard, I've heard couples say this before. We go on date nights, but then all we talk about is our kids mm. or all we talk about are service things. And it's hard to get, especially when I think when you have little kids, it's hard to get past sort of your daily yeah, well, grind. It's, it's right? the catch up. It, you try to catch up on the things you haven't had time to talk about. Right. And, you know, so like as moms, you're talking about your frustrations of raising your kids and how do we help this one navigate this issue and how do we cut down on the bickering and, and some that's of that the temptation, yeah. you know. But the the cool thing, and I've heard several people say this over the years, and we've done it off and on different seasons of our lives, come with prepared questions yeah. for each other. You can find – there's lots of different – um, things on the internet that you mm-hmm. can find that are, pro- are icebreaker prompter questions. Yeah. Um, but there are also, you can write them for each other. Yeah, just that's say ahead fun. of time, like, hey, write two or three questions that you really want to ask me yeah. and then have your spouse do the same thing. Mm-hmm. And then it's such a fun thing too, because you start to see like what's in their mind that's triggering when, when they think of me. Right. So, and they can be super fun. They can be sexy. They yeah. can be deep. They yeah. can be what's God speaking to you. Like it can Whatever. can right. be whatever you want. Well, and I love Lauren, our friend Lauren Anderson, yeah. who listens. Um, she's also been a guest. She said that she and Ryan have started using the concept of fast facts yeah. that we do with our guests mm-hmm. for each other. Yeah. You know, they'll ask each other fast facts just to get to know each other even more. And um, it makes me think, I think it's fun when I ask my husband, like, tell me something about your childhood. Mm-hmm. You know, the years that we didn't know each other. Right. The years that I wasn't in his life. And I think of my own little boys running around and like, what? What did you do? Right. And he will inevitably come up with the craziest stories of when he was a little boy. And they make my heart like stop beating almost. He said one day 
when he was a little boy, I think he was under the age of eight, they lived across, they lived in this little home across from a Kroger. No, not a, yes, a Kroger and a Kmart in a parking lot. And there would, it was right off the interstate. And so truck drivers would come and park in that parking lot to sleep. (laughs) And one day he and his little brother Chase (laughs) decided they wanted to go see the truck. So they went over to the truck driver, asked to get in his truck, and proceeded to get in the truck and hang out with the truck driver for who knows how long, pretending to drive and pushing all the buttons. Oh my goodness. Can you imagine the heart attack you would have if that was your voice? Can you even fathom? This is why when they're hanging upside down on the monkey bars and Kip's like, just let them, they're fine. And you're like, get them down. I know. (laughs) And then there was the story where... His mom looked out the window and thought to herself, why is my son holding a milk jug at arm's length? Only to see Kip fling an arrow, a real arrow at him from his bone arrow. Little Shoot boys. an arrow at a milk jug that your, his little brother was holding. That was the target. <laughs> yes. So these are the kinds oh, of stories that, right, come, that up come up when I say, yeah. what was your, what's the memory of being a little boy? Yeah. So that's kind of a fun that's idea. Good. It just that's kind good. of opens up new mm-hmm. dialogue. Yeah. So. so it's so important. I mean, we, you hear it all the time. We're not the first ones to say it. We won't be the last. Like, date nights are so important for a healthy marriage. Yeah. Um, but- and with that, even if you have a tiny little baby yeah. who's only five weeks old. Yeah. If you have a grandma or an auntie or a good friend who's willing to have your baby for the two or three hours, Mm -hmm. leave it. Mm -hmm. Even if it's only an hour. Yeah. Because you know what that does is it shows your husband that he's still important to you. Yeah. And it gives you a break. It gives you a break. Yeah. Yeah. And it sets your child up for so much success because Mm -hmm. if you don't leave your child until they're a year Mm -hmm. or even several months old, they become so dependent on you that when you do try to leave them, it's nearly impossible. Yeah, on both of you. (laughs) It's so hard. For sure. For sure. Okay, so let's switch gears just a tiny bit and let's talk about some of the hard things in marriage. Okay. Uh, So 14 years and 18 years of marriage, Mm -hmm. we certainly don't pretend to know everything. We certainly don't pretend to have figured it all out. Um, We also, you know, don't want to hide the fact that we've, we've all had some rough, patches in marriage and thankfully God has been so faithful in both of our marriages that Mm -hmm. we've never um, had to overcome thoughts of leaving one another or you know anything like that that a lot of people go through right and so but it doesn't mean we haven't had hard things and it doesn't mean that we haven't had to learn how to overcome those things in order to have a healthy marriage right so talk to me for a minute about something or maybe it was a season or um, something in your marriage that you guys have had to work really hard to overcome. Okay, that's good. Um, I think for us, it was actually at the beginning of our marriage more than anything. We were both young. I was 21. Kip was 23. He was finishing up college and because he'd taken some time off to work and be able to pay for his college. And so, and I was working in ministry. So we literally had no money, yeah. you know? And so there was that difficulty of having transitioned out of parents' homes or situations where there was money to provide right. to having to figure out what life looked like right. in a super frugal, right? How you're going to buy toilet tight, paper. Literally. Yeah. So I think that transition was it was very interesting for us, but it taught us a lot. Yeah. And I think this is not uncommon to most yeah. young married couples. Right. You know, I mean, unless you've had some huge inheritance given to you and you don't walk through that 
broke phase as young couples. (laughs) Right. But I think every young couple walks through that. Um, And it was learning. We had to learn how to communicate Mm -hmm. through the difficulty. Yeah. Like, okay, how much money is there in the budget this week? What are all the needs and what are all the things we have to cut? Yeah. You know, and so it was that communication. Yeah. Um, both of us having controlled our own finances going into marriage. Um, and I know this sounds really simple, but it, it you know, we ended up in a few arguments over it because yeah. it was like, why did you buy that? We don't have the money to buy that. Well, because I needed it. And, right. you know, these conversations that... Not talking about it because right. you didn't have to talk about it before with anyone. Right. Yeah. So... That's something, I don't know why that's the first example that popped into my mind, but just learning how to communicate about money. Mm-hmm. Um, and it is interesting because they said that money is one of the th- main things that break couples up. Okay. Financial and I, struggles. Yes. And I just had this thought while you were speaking. I do think that that's a significant issue for young married, brand new married couples. Mm-hmm. I think it's a super significant issue for those couples that have been married 15 years, 20 Mm -hmm. years, even 25 years. Because when you don't talk about it, when you don't communicate with one another about it, it can so easily lead to assumptions, Mm -hmm. um, lead to fear. If you're not communicating about money and a statement is made like, uh, okay, I'll just use an example of my own life. Okay. So Chris and I have a budget Mm -hmm. and we Early on in budgeting, we would talk about it. Every single time he got a paycheck, we'd sit down and we'd look at exactly what he'd made. He'd brought in. I was at home with the kids. so I, I remember wasn't... that. Didn't you have Thursday night budget meetings? We did. Yeah, I remember that. We had. It yeah. wasn't every week because he got yeah. paid twice a month. Yeah. But we would make coffee or whatever and have budget meetings. Yeah. And I first, I hated them. <laughs> I felt like I was going to the principal's office. Yeah. And it wasn't Chris's fault, yeah. but that's just how I like, because I think for him, because he was the breadwinner of our mm-hmm. family, I didn't bring in any money because I stayed home with the kids. And so I always felt like I was the one that was spending too much or, yeah. so anyway, now um, that we've been doing this a little while, we don't have those budget meetings. We talk about the big things, mm-hmm. but we also know what our budget is for groceries. Okay. No, to find big things. What do you think? Any. Is- Anything over a set amount. Okay, so you have a set so dollar amount. We have a set dollar amount. Okay. And if it's anything over, and I, you know, I'm, I don't mind saying, if it's anything over $100, okay. we have to communicate about it. Okay, that's good. So um, whether it's something totally random and extra, or if it's, you know, like we're, we need to go buy a light for the... Your office. The office. Yeah. You know, yeah. hey, it's, you know, it's 150 bucks. Yeah. Is that okay? When yeah, does this fit into the budget? When is, can, is it okay this month? We yeah. have that extra. So now we talk about it, um, but I know that there are times, even now, where maybe the budget's a little tight, sure. where you have a car repair bill that you have to pay, or yeah. something comes up. I don't look at our financial numbers every day or every week like Chris does, because yeah. he's the nerd in our family, and so he <laughs> does that. But if he says to me, hey, let's not spend anything extra this month or, mm-hmm. or for a few weeks because, you know, we've got, we've had a lot of expenses. Yeah. My initial reaction is like, Arr. I feel guilty. Yeah. I feel like, oh, I did something wrong. Sure. And that is so incorrect. And that's not what he means. Yeah. But that's how I take it. Yeah. And so we've had to learn how to communicate about that. That's good. So that the way that he tells me doesn't trigger that in me to go, I'm the one at fault here. Yeah. Because it's. Not my fault that the car broke down and right. we have a huge car repair, right. but him telling me not to spend money yeah. makes me feel sort of that like controlled or something. Yeah. So all of that to say that I think if you are struggling, if you're 
years into marriage mm-hmm. and you're struggling about money specifically and it's causing, it's the root of something in your marriage that isn't great, mm-hmm. start communicating about it mm-hmm. and start talking about the specific language that you use and start talking about how do we fix this? Do we have a, a weekly meeting to talk about it? Where is it? Is it fear or control in you mm-hmm. that's bringing up this angst when we talk about money? Yeah. Or is it is it you know fear of not having enough or right. Whatever it is, you can really quickly get down to the root of right. why you react negatively when you talk about money. Yeah, that's really good. So, how have you have you guys started? I know that you do, but with your kiddos, Cause, yeah, because our budgets affect our kids, right? You know, how have you started to implement some of those mm-hmm. principles with your kids of letting of you controlling your money mm-hmm. and telling it where to go instead of the opposite, your money controlling you. Mm-hmm. For sure. Well, we've started savings accounts for both of our kids um, on our own. Like it's not money they earn. This mm-hmm. is just so that they've got something. When they leave our home, we've got something to bless them with. Yeah. So we put money every single month into a savings account. A lot of people do that for college funds. Yeah. We're not necessarily saying this is a college fund because we don't know the path that God has for them. Right. We don't want it to be in a box. Yeah. So it can be decided. When it can be decided it when be decided. it's decided. <laughs> Absolutely. Yeah. Um, so there's um, there's that, but also with our kids. So any money that they earn, we we've taught them that they do three things with it. They first give they tithe on their money that's something that's very important in our family we feel like is a biblical foundation mm-hmm. of what god asks us to do to be generous yeah. and then they have a fun account and they have a save account mm-hmm. and so they pretty much split it between you know those three anything that they earn and then if they want to spend all of their money in their fun account on something trinkety mm-hmm. we really have a conversation about that yeah. and say, okay, do you want this that you're going to play with for two or three days and then forget about, or do you want to save for something significant? Yeah. And I think they've seen us do that with, um, bigger purchases where we haven't, it's not instant gratification yeah. and, and they've, it's not easy, mm-hmm. you know, especially for our son. He is, he is one where if he gets his mind on something, he cannot get it off. Okay. He gets real like obsessive about it almost. Yeah which is common for a firstborn, but we recognize that in him. So we've learned how to communicate with him through that and say like, okay, but you're saving for an electric guitar. Right. If you go and spend $20 on this hat right now, when you've already got 10 hats in your closet, you're going to be pretty bummed that you, have you to don't wait have longer. 20 more dollars, yeah. you know, for an electric guitar. Yeah. So just teaching them the power of saving for something and then that gratitude when you've saved and then you get to get it. Yeah, that's um, so good. So, but I mean, that's, it's just, it's not about any like curriculum for the kids. It's about ongoing conversation and really practicing what you preach with them and letting them see that and, and yeah. being open and honest with your kids about finances. Yeah, that's good. Okay, let's switch gears. Um, so what's something that you and Chris have had to work through to overcome something tough in marriage that hasn't been the easiest thing for you guys to face or to get over? Uh, man, 18 years, there's a, there's a whole list of them I could share. A whole list. Okay. Yeah. I mean, you know, 18 years is a long time to live with someone It is, and to work through being different people mm-hmm. and having different perspective mm-hmm. on, on life in, in many ways. Right. Um, not in the most important ways, but sometimes the smallest things are the things that trip us up the most. Yeah, sure. Right? Sure. So I guess a couple things come to mind right away, but one of them 
And I don't know if I've talked about this before. I think maybe I have. Um, I've known for a really long time who I am. Mm-hmm. I've known what my strengths are. Doesn't mean that I always uh, don't struggle with things that, uh, you know, and confidence and things like that. But I've known the gifts that God's given me. I've known some of the dreams that I have that I would like to accomplish in my life. And pretty much all of them revolve around some type of ministry in Mm -hmm. like writing, speaking, preaching, leading, Mm -hmm. those kinds of things. It hasn't been, and I've been fairly vocal about that. Anybody who's close to me knows that that's the lane that I run in when it comes to outside of my kids and my family. Sure. Um, A few years ago, Chris began to be a little more vocal about that. And so let's just use this as, as an example. I've often talked about maybe writing a book someday. Mm-hmm. Um, I've had a blog for a while and I've written there and I re- I like to express myself that way. And I've gotten pretty good feedback from people about, you know, when you write, it really resonates with me. And so it's sort of been on the my the back of my mind, but I, I haven't done anything about it because mm-hmm. of life, right? Mm-hmm. Well, a couple years ago, Chris started to talk about that too. Okay. And he's also a very gifted writer. Yes, he, he writes is. very differently than I write. Yeah, but um, he's just so he's forty. So, but it was just like he was just starting to kind of come into this this yeah. realization that this was a gift that he had, and I got super jealous. Oh, I did. I mean, there's just no way around yeah, it. Sure. I was like, no, 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 that can't be your That's thing my dream because this is my thing. Yeah, and I didn't wasn't able to identify that root for a while. Hmm. I just knew that when he'd talk about it, it stirred something up in me hmm. that was gross. And man, one day it really came to a head wow. where I, like all of a sudden it hit me and I was just, I looked at him and I just said, you, you're taking my dream. Hmm. You're taking my thing. Hmm. Uh, you know, and it was, it was a knockdown drag out fight because <laughs> I was throwing everything at him. Yeah. I was throwing that you have a career. Yeah. You know, I stay home and raise these kids and yeah. that's, I love them, but that's, that's not my dream, mm-hmm. you know? And so, but you have your career and you get to be successful that way. And, um, you can't take my thing. Hmm. And so that was, uh, that was several months. And of course it hurt him deeply. Sure. That would, yeah. Deeply, because of that was something that he was starting to feel like God was putting in him. And here yeah. I was telling him, no, no, no. Yeah. You can't do well, that. Well, it could be that, you know, God hadn't let him realize yet that that was a gift in him. Absolutely. So God's timing for that to be birthed in him, that heart to go, oh, this is a gift. That would be hard. Absolutely. Yeah. So thankfully, God did a work in my heart and softened my heart um, in a beautiful way that only he can do. Yeah. And I began to realize the the gift that my husband had yeah. and be able to then be his number one fan and his number one cheerleader yeah. and help him create space to write. Yeah. And it's so it's so interesting because who knows what God's gonna do with that. I, you know, I don't even I don't even know if I'll ever write a book or or sure. do anything of that significance in that realm. But I do believe he will. Yeah. I really do. Because yeah. he just has this burning thing in him, you yeah. know, and so that yeah. that's one thing. Okay, Heather, that's good. Thanks for sharing that. Yeah. Let's wrap up. Okay. But, and I think there's so much more we could talk about when it comes oh, yeah, to marriage. Just um, the surface. Yeah. I mean, we can do this again. Mm-hmm. So if you're, if our listeners have thoughts or questions or topics within marriage you mm-hmm. want us to talk about, we'd, we'd love to hear from you mm-hmm. and we can talk about that at a later time. But one thing I think is so important in marriage is that your spouse knows, my spouse knows mm-hmm. that 
I am his biggest fan. Like no matter what comes up, no matter if I disappoint him or he disappoints me or his job is good or his job is not so good or if everything is in order or not in order mm-hmm. at the end of the day. Yep. I'm his biggest fan. Yeah, you are for him. Yes. And he is for you. Yeah, and then I'm a safe place. Yeah. You know, that he can show his weaknesses, that he can show his vulnerabilities, Mm -hmm. and I'm not going to judge him for it. Yeah. And that's not something that I've been perfect at. Mm -hmm. Um, It's been a a work in progress. But I have been encouraged. I feel like in the last year, I've really seen the fruits that God has been working that Mm -hmm. in me. That's so good. It's just that tender, responsive Mm -hmm. heart Mm -hmm. instead of a heart that is hard and... Right. Um, can be harsh or that, that has to have your way like yeah. it has to be your way yeah. or it has to be your idea or yeah because typically in marriage you don't marry your exact no you you usually marry your opposite yeah, exactly so um yeah. that's a work in progress but yeah. so yeah that's kind of my closing thought is just cheer your partner on that's so good cheer your husband on cheer your wife on and, and yeah and I man I would say that as we've grown in our marriage, especially in the last, I would probably say year to two years, we have learned to really lean into each other's differences yeah, and to each other's... Like to celebrate them. Yeah. yeah. And to to um, even be okay with not agreeing on things mm-hmm. all the time or not understanding mm-hmm. um, why that person has that perspective or that point of view, but but acknowledging that it's okay. It's okay to have a different thought as long as we're communicating about it and coming to an agreement, you know, at some point yeah. and having that resolution. And that's, that's a cool thing that we've, I feel like has our marriage has strengthened in recently is not having to have everything look and sound perfect, mm. being willing to have a little friction. Yeah. But, um, what comes out of that is a really beautiful relationship that iron sharpens iron, yeah. right? He's sharpening me and I'm sharpening yeah. him as our differences kind of collide. Yeah. Well, and I just remembering Jesus intended that marriage would be the reflection of his relationship that's with right. his church. And so really, if that's the goal, it's we've really got to be looking at ourselves going, is my heart right in this? Yeah. If no matter how, where I think his heart is at in this, yeah. is my heart right yeah. in this? Yeah. So, and what is my, what part am I playing in right. this? Yeah. I might be really angry at him about something that he did, but what part am I playing? Yeah. That's good. Do you care, Heidi? I know you'll say yes or no, that you don't care. <laughs> I think I would love to pray for the marriages of Let's listeners. Um, God is so good to mm-hmm. restore what has been broken yeah. and to redeem what has been lost. So let's yeah. pray. Let's do it. Jesus, thank you for this beautiful picture of marriage that you have created, God, that you designed to be between a man and a woman and to reflect the bride of Christ. And we are just blessed that you have seen fit to give us men who love you and who run after you. And God, I pray for all of our listeners right now, and I'm sure we have uh, just a wide variety of marriage relationships, and you know every single one of them. You know the pains and the struggles and the heartaches and the good things and the bad things and all of it that is in the middle of these marriages, God. And so we're just praying for restoration in marriages right now. Mm-hmm. We're praying for open communication. We're, we're believing that God is restoring marriages, that we're, we're going to see marriages um, stop ending at such a fast rate, and we're going to see that rate just switch around and marriages mm-hmm. being healed and restored. Yeah. Um And we are confident that you designed marriage and that you have a plan and a purpose for each one of us in our marriage relationship. In Jesus' name, amen. 
Amen. Well, thanks for listening. Heather, thanks for chatting. Absolutely. Fun chat. Um, we hope you've enjoyed this. If you've got any questions or any needs, shoot them our way at the H&H Hour on Instagram. And you can also email us, the H&H Hour at gmail.com. And we'll chat with you next time. <laughs>